eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How's it going, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Josh Schaefer. But Josh, looks like someone's coming for your gig, because uh, joining us in this week's episode is Dodgers pitcher Ryan Pepio. So, Ryan, we appreciate you making this happen. Been in the works for a couple of weeks. So, first off, how are things going for you? You're in Arizona now, so what's the what's the latest over there? Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. Um, latest for me, yep, I'm in Arizona. Um, off season out here in Scottsdale, so I go to Camelback Ranch over in Glendale um, five times a week. Just get my training in, throwing all in. So less than a month away from spring training, so full ramp up for arm strength training, conditioning, everything. It's it's coming up pretty quick. So had we done this interview a year ago, you would have been introduced as, you know, Dodgers minor league prospect, Ryan Pepio, but now you've made your debut. You can officially use the Dodgers player title. Have you like taken advantage of it yet? Kind of like what doctors do if they go to restaurants, like if you show up and they say it's like an hour wait, have you yet dropped the, uh, by the way, I'm a Dodgers pitcher, Ryan Pepio, or are you going to give yourself a couple more years in the big leagues before you uh, whip that one out? I'll have to, uh, you know, establish that one before right. before I use it all the time. I've used it a couple of times at golf courses to you know, okay. try to get onto a nice course or maybe see if they'll give me a discount. I've had a couple of places I've made friends with that they know that I play. Um, so they hook me up whenever I go out there. Okay. Some so you're, you're taking advantage of it. So that's a good thing. So I guess first kind of question, I just talked about, you know, this being your first full season entering the year as, you know, like a Dodgers pitcher. How does this off season kind of compare to previous off seasons where in previous years, you know, you're kind of going through the minors, you kind of know what level you're going to be at, but now you have some big league games under your belts. You know, you're likely going to be a key contributor in 2023. So is there anything that you've kind of changed this off season, whether it's in regards to training, whether it's into, you know, who you're meeting with, who you're talking to, has it been any different than in years past? 
Um, hasn't been too different. The only difference I would say is like this year, um, just fine tuning things a little bit more. Um, obviously got my feet wet a little bit last year, have some experience under my belt. So now it's just fine tuning those things, working on what I did well, and then picking up on the things um, that I can improve on, just go out there and compete for a roster spot to help the team however I can, whether it's a starter or reliever. What are some of those things that you're working on right now and trying to improve um, in your technique and in your game? Yeah, so I've been working with the strength staff out here a lot um, just to basically get my body moving in better positions so that I can access the zone more. Because when I'm in the zone, everything seems to be going pretty good for me. But when I'm not, obviously, it doesn't work out very well for me. So it's just kind of um, making some minor tweaks here and there, um, getting my body moving um, so that I can let my pitches work for me in the zone. So we'll be talking more kind of like what you're working on this offseason, the upcoming season a little bit later. But in order to get to that point, I kind of want to like take things back kind of all the way to the beginning. So everyone, you know, growing up, I played Little League, you know, everyone down the street plays Little League. And of course, we all, you know, when we're hitting home runs 180 feet over the fence, we all think that we're going to be, you know, the next big deal. But at some point, most of us, unfortunately, we have that realization yeah, I just don't think I have what it takes to make it. So for you, at what point did you kind of realize, okay, this is something I actually want to pursue? And at what point did, I guess you kind of realize I might be able to actually turn this in, not only to a career, but go to college off of it and actually potentially live off of this? Um, in high school, I always had like wanted, like, well, obviously, like you said, playing Little League, wanted to play professional baseball. Never really like in high school thought like professionals was going to be the route that I ended up going. So going into high school and playing in like the summer circuits with your travel team, I had started like getting some recollection from colleges and all that stuff. So once I got that, I was like, okay, like I can go to college and get a nice degree, get a business degree, go do something business-wise when I'm done playing baseball for four years. And then I would say, I don't know, after my going in my sophomore year, um, I started to have some success my sophomore year. And then I started having like agents come and start talking to me, reaching out to me. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of different. Um, and then I went to the Cape and pitched and had a successful year in Cape. And that was when, I mean, there was like 30 scouts at like every game with the radar guns sitting behind. So like Josh, you know, like, they're right there just staring at you the whole time, pointing the guns at you. And then I'd have someone come up and talk to me and all that stuff. And they're like, yeah, you can do this. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like let's make it happen. Um, so I would say my sophomore year of college all around was probably when I figured out, like I can try to make this happen. So what was that experience like for you, uh, you know, going up to the Cape, obviously it's, it's a big deal for freshmen and sophomores in college. So, so what was that experience like? And, and what were some of the biggest things that you took away from that summer? I had a great experience all around. Um, I went up there on like on a temporary contract. So I was only there it was supposed to be there for like 10 days. So I was like, okay, if I'm only here for 10 days, I'll figure out what I'm going to do the rest of the summer after that. So I was like, okay, you got 10 days to have fun, enjoy, and, you know, play against the best of the best in college baseball. So I tried to take full advantage of that. I actually really struggled my two time, first two times that I pitched out there. And then like the day before my 10 days was like up, we had a starter go like, and in, in, in like one batter or one out in the first inning and they come up in like the seventh inning and they're like, Hey, just can anyone throw? So we don't have to throw like two position players. And I'm like, I pitched two days ago, but you know what? Screw it. I'll do it. And went out there and struck out the side. And then I stayed the rest of the summer and I actually pitched pretty good the rest of the summer. But I think the biggest thing for me was like trying not to do too much 
And like, I went out there, was a small school kid, had a 10 day contract. I tried to like make that last and try to prove that I'm better and try to be someone that I wasn't. So I think the biggest thing I took away was just be who I am and what makes me successful and not try to do too much. Was there anything special that you kind of picked up uh, up there where you kind of refined your game maybe in a different way than you were used to? Um, I would say that's a good question. Um, basically when I had some success and I was like, okay, I'm a small school mid-major kid. We don't play against the SECs, the power five schools that often. And I would have success against those teams going out there and having success against the best of the best in college and going toe to toe every, every few days against those guys. Me that I can do this and that I belong just the way that these guys are, even though that they're from bigger schools than I am. So you talked about being, you know, a small school kid. Obviously, you go to Butler. I'm sure a lot of people out there aren't even sure if Butler has a baseball team. You know, they think of their basketball team from the Final Four about 10 or so years ago. What was your recruitment process like? You know, how did you end up at Butler? Were there other programs that were offering you? Or was it Butler they just gave you, you thought, the best opportunity uh, for your growth as a pitcher? Um, I had some other offers. I had Indiana University, Purdue University, um, some more in the Midwest right, region, um, a few of the bigger schools around there. It all came down for me. Like I was a and pitcher in high school and then I also played football. So I hadn't pitched a whole lot and I wanted to go somewhere where I was going to actually get the chance to compete for a rotation spot to get innings under my belt. So if professional baseball did work out for me, like I was going to be ready rather than going to somewhere maybe like Indiana where I was going to pitch maybe 20 innings out of the bullpen for the whole season um, and not really learn my freshman year that much. Um, so that was really like the biggest thing for me was to be able to go in and compete right away to have a spot to get innings under my belt. So you, so you go to Butler and, and you go to the Cape and you have the good summer there. And then, and then you come back and, um, your draft year comes along. And I, and I remember this because having been at the Cape for that one year broadcast wise, and you start paying attention to all the guys that you either had on your team or, or you covered. And I remember your name comes up for the Dodgers. Um, what was that? You know, what was that draft? What was that moment like for you? And, and, and what was going through your head immediately after the draft? That was what a day. That was a good day. Um, I was like at home with my parents and grandparents and my brother. And um, I got a call like a few picks before the Dodgers won. And I was like, OK, they're going to take you. Um, and a few picks. Don't say anything. Don't tweet anything. Don't text anybody, all that stuff. And like I had my phone on the ringer mode. So like I didn't miss a phone call. And like I hinted over at my brother to like get a little video because I'm sure my mom would have wanted it. And then we had like the laptop up to the TV streaming. And then like the tracker online was like a pick before. And next thing you know, like my phone blows up, like right, right before the Dodgers pick. And like every, my mom's like, what's going on? Why is your phone blowing up? I'm like, okay, okay, it's happening. Like I'm going to the Dodgers um next pick and so like that was a very special moment you get drafted by the dodgers but you know the next hardest step is working your way up through the minors so just kind of going from low a you know to high a double a triple a what's that kind of process like and how difficult is it kind of battling between levels all the travel just going through i think four levels i can't remember if ogden was still around when you were drafted so maybe five levels but overall what's the process like kind of climbing your ladder to get to the top so i got drafted in 19 and then i spent like two weeks in rookie ball um just like kind of getting my feet wet and acclimated with the five-day rotation schedule since I was used to college. Um, so I did that for a couple of weeks and they sent me to Great Lakes. So I didn't have to go to Ogden. Um, and I was familiar with it. Like I played in 
I'd gone to games in South Bend, Fort Wayne, Dayton, because my grandparents live over by Dayton. So I'd been to some of the ballparks that we got to play at. So that was pretty cool. It's my first professional season getting to play in some stadiums I'd been to before as a kid. And then uh, going through that, um, I had like a super strict pitch count, like 40 pitches, like was my max like through one inning or I'd go through like I got to like almost three full innings for a start. And so it was kind of frustrating but exciting at the same time, just getting acclimated to that five-day schedule. And then I'd also thrown a bunch of innings in college that year, so that's kind of part of it. I'd, I'd throw well, and then I'd be like, oh, I just want to keep going and keep playing. But then uh, it, I understood, and it made a lot of that. And then the next year, we had the COVID year, so I didn't even play that year. Uh, I went to the alt site, luckily. Um, so I hope we never have to have an experience like that ever again. But luckily, I was able to go to the alt site at USC and be around the coaching staff, get some – as close to game like uh, reps as you possibly could have um, having live VP. So we'd have coaches playing like third base and left field and all that stuff. So it was kind of hit or miss on like how serious it was. And it did get a little monotonous every day going to the same thing. Um, but we made it fun, had a good time there. So um, overall that was a great experience. And then in 21 went to double A. So I never went to Rancho um, and I got, I skipped Rancho and then that year was the year they flipped anyway. So, um, Tulsa was awesome. Loved it. The fans were great. The city was great. Um, so the travel wasn't too bad. It was like, I think that was the year they didn't want us to travel a whole lot. So we only played our division. So it was like Springfield, which was like two, three hours. Northwest Arkansas was like an hour. Um, Little Rock was kind of far and that was like four hours. That was like the furthest to travel. And then Wichita, which was actually awesome because it was supposed to be a triple A stadium that they brought down to double A with the twins, uh, having the Wichita team. And that was a really cool place. So getting to go there was uh, a good group of guys that I played with either in 19 or had been friends with. So it was fun, fun team to be around. And then spent like two thirds of the season there, then went to AAA for the last third of the season. Great group of guys. Like I learned a lot, um, struggled a little bit, getting acclimated to that and the differences from that. Um, but learned from it going into this season. Um, so I thought it was a overall great experience. Like each level you go up, the hitters get better. Um, they get more disciplined. Everyone has better plans. And then when you get to AAA, you're playing with a bunch of guys that have some major league service time. So they understand they played, they've got thousands of at-bats. And it was kind of crazy going from AA where I was like middle of the pack age-wise at like 23, 24. And then I go up to AAA and I'm like the second youngest guy on the team. And our average age on our team was like close to 30. And I'm like, right. all right, I'm about to get married this off season, but most of these guys are married. Yeah. Some guys got kids like, and then they got years of big league service time and I got drafted two years ago. So um, going into that, it was a little intimidating, but a lot of the older guys like took me under their wing. They showed me the ropes. They're like, Hey, we were in your shoes. We want to help you. Um, so even though like I didn't pitch the greatest and um, numbers wise, but I still thought it was a great experience. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I was going to bring this up before you even kind of just mentioned it yourself, but but now I'm really going to ask it. So it seems like I, I don't necessarily think it's a cliche, but you notice a lot of times really in any sport when someone goes through the ranks or they play at multiple different levels, whether it be high school, college, professional, um, or obviously going through the minor leagues, they say that, you know, you notice that level of competition or that level of skill increase. And I know you probably saw that going from college to the Cape League and then back to college or something like that. But what is it like going from one level of minor league baseball to the next as a pitcher? Is that something that you notice very quickly facing batters at different levels? Yeah, definitely. Each level you go up, the hitters are more disciplined. They have different plans. Um, like when you're in A ball, rookie ball, like if you throw a first pitch fastball, it's getting swung at. So like either if you locate it well, you might get a swing and miss or you get an easy out. If you throw it down the middle, you probably ask for another ball. Um, and then once you go up, more like guys have plans they read more into the scouting reports they're like okay these are my attack zones these are where i can go after the ball if i see it here i'm gonna swing if not and then each level you go up the chase rates go down 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 so it's like you get away with stuff in the lower levels of the minor leagues you throw a slider that bounces before the plate well you might get a swing on that but if you throw that in triple a you're gonna get it spit on and no one's gonna even take a look at it you might get one swing out of 15 where in the lower levels you might get a few swings so it was just like each level gets different and harder and harder um and it prepares you um for the ultimate goal and um it's just kind of a learning curve you go up there and it's kind of you just go for it you do your thing and you stay true to who you are and then you just kind of learn and go along and make adjustments as as needed yeah so like you just you know talked about how you had to go through the ranks. Obviously, you skipped Rancho, but you were with a lot of leagues, a lot of teams, and you probably, you know, I- I'm not great with learning names, but it sounds like you've had probably like 100 teammates over the last few years. Are there any guys who you've been teammates with, whether it was at, you know, Great Lakes, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, that haven't cracked the big leagues yet that might, you know, next year, the coming years, that maybe Dodger fans should keep an eye on guys that you got to see firsthand, whether they're a hitter, whether they're a pitcher, but you saw them and you went... Yeah, this guy is going to uh, be a stud whenever he cracks the big leagues in a couple of years. Yeah, um, Michael Bush, um, hopefully this year. I mean, he's 40-man guy so now, so um, it makes sense this year. Um, he's really got to play with him every level. We went to Great Lakes together in 19 and then started in all-site together, then double-A, um, and then he came up to triple-A this year. Um, great player, great dude. So it's he's an easy guy to root for. He works hard and puts his head down. Um, and he's one of my good friends. So um, would love to see him contribute at the big league level. Um, Gavin Stone, Bobby Miller, those guys are studs. Everyone knows those guys. Um, Diego, he's great. I mean, I threw to him when he was 18, and I was like, there's no way this kid is 18, and he catches the way he does. Um, and the great thing about him, too, is, like, he's smart. And, like, he knows how to call games, knows how to control things, and he can swing the bat, too. And one of the crazy things is, like, he's fluent in Spanish and English. So, like, it's – the language barrier isn't there, um, and he's just a super likable guy and easy to root for. Well, I know Josh is going to like the uh, Michael Bush 
uh nod because uh he's a chatham guy he's the chatham chatham <laughs> alum so yeah. he lo- he loves yep. that uh one one final thing ryan about your minor league journey just because again you some guys it takes them a while some guys they kind of go through it quickly obviously you know every year every outlet imaginable has like a top 100 prospect ranking were you a kind of guy where i know a lot of guys will say yeah you know it's interesting to look at but i don't pay attention to it but you know, that is a big accomplishment. It is something that not every prospect can be. Obviously, you know, you've been in a top 100 prospect ranking numerous times. Was that something you ever paid attention to just to kind of see where other outlets had you as and kind of maybe take a step back and say, you know, this is a pretty big accomplishment? Or was that kind of just something you threw on the back burner and said, it is what it is, but what matters most is eventually, you know, getting to the big league level and proving myself there as opposed to, you know, in the minors? A little bit of a combination of both. I try not to read too much into it. But at the same time, like you said, it is a cool accomplishment to be uh, up with those guys um, and be considered one of the best in baseball. So it is a cool accomplishment and something I am proud of. Um, I think earlier on, um, I was drafted third round, small school kid. So I think I got like looked upon, like looked over a little bit, I guess you want to say. So like being able to be ranked with some of those guys that were first rounders or their international guys that signed for a lot of money that are uber prospects and to be up and with some of those guys was really cool but um as it went on like um i try not to look too much into it because you can get totally lost in all that stuff yeah. and just care about that and when you're caring about stuff off the field you bring that onto the field and that just is not a recipe for success and of course you do you do get that opportunity to make your your major league debut um i know that that's kind of a kind of an interesting story so so what was that like for you and what were some of the the logistics behind getting there for for your first uh for your first dodgers game no, it was a crazy experience. So it's in a coffee shop in Oklahoma City with my wife, Lily, and I got a had a missed call from Travis Barbary, our manager in AAA. Looked at my phone, called him right back, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I wanted to call you, congratulate you getting called up to the big leagues. You're going to meet the team in Pittsburgh. Like, you're going to get a call from the travel secretary a little bit, given your flight plans and everything." And I was like fully packed and prepared because we were leaving in like an hour to go to Austin, Texas. And I got a call saying, hey, your flight's in two hours from now. Like, get your stuff, go get packed, get your baseball gear to go to meet us in Pittsburgh for Austin, Texas, where it was like 100 degrees. And I had like shorts and T-shirts. And I'm like, okay, am I going to be up for a day? Am I going to be up for longer? So I just threw a bunch of like a hodgepodge of everything together. And then my wife drove me to the airport and started freaking out. I'm like, I'm not going to make my connecting flight in like Dallas. And I got off the plane in Dallas. And I had like 20 minutes to make my next one. I like ran through the airport because I had to go from like, the C terminal to like the B terminal. And I had to take like a air tram to get to the next one. I'm like, Oh gosh, there's no chance I make it. I made it on like sweating, like everything got my conditioning in before I even got there. So I was set on that way and then get to Pittsburgh, took me to the state on the highway. And then there's the Heinz field where the Steelers play. And then you can see the Penguins stadium, like in the distance and then the Pittsburgh skyline and then PNC parks right by the river. So it's super cool. Just like driving up and then, pull up through the security gates and go like under a tunnel and you get dropped off. And then you walk with your bags into the clubhouse and you see everybody and you're like, okay, like, this is it. Like I I'm here. Like, let's have some fun. All right. So I, I have a bit of a two parter. My first part is you guys are playing in Pittsburgh, which, you know, not, not a huge fan base that's currently going to their, their games. 
When you were on the mound, I'm sure there was a lot of emotions going through you, but could you hear your family and friends from where they were sitting with how uh, little fans were in attendance for that game? I couldn't hear my family. I knew where they were. I could see them up there. Um, like you said, I mean, it was a day game on a Wednesday in Pittsburgh, so it wasn't a whole lot of people there, um, but it was still a crazy experience. But once I get on the mound, I like take like a full circle view of everything, and then after that, it's just locked in. I don't hear anything. I'm just fully zoned in, just me and the catcher. Second part to my question, and this is a big one for you, Ryan. Two two big things happened for you last year, but what were you more nervous for uh, among these two things? Number one, pitching on the mound, making your major league debut, fulfilling a lifelong dream, or number two, proposing to your wife? Proposing. That was more nerve-wracking. There was a lot of steps that went into that one, and I had never done that before. Having all the logistics of like a photo shoot, getting the ring to the photographer, making sure I grab it at the right time without really finding out or noticing or having any clue that it was coming um, to try to make it as much of a secret as possible. Um, that was more nerve wracking because I have pitched a million pitches probably before. So it's just another game. Yes, is it a bigger stage? Yes, it is a lifelong dream. Absolutely. But just trying to like take that aspect that you've done this before just because it's a bigger stadium and bigger ballpark and uh, bigger scene. Um, per se, um, it doesn't make it any different than another game that I've thrown before. You know, obviously you've pitched in a uh, hundred different games at different levels and you've thrown a thousand pitches, but what's what? who are a couple of guys that you would love the opportunity to not just face, but potentially even strike out? Joey Votto would be one because I grew up a Reds fan because um, it was the closest stadium to me and my dad grew up in Ohio, so kind of raised me that way. So watching him as a kid, um, that would be a fun one. Um, Aaron Judge would be another fun one. I mean, obviously, 62 homers last year and MVP, like, that would be a super cool one. And then he's out because he took every single thing I threw at him. He hit, like, a double off the wall, second pitch of the game, took me deep for a couple, two-run homer. And then I threw him a changeup, and he broke and bat singles me. And I'm like, what else do I have to throw at this guy to get him out? So that would be another one just because he crushed me. So, you know, you show up you know, to make your major league debut, you kind of went, you know, back and forth then the rest of the season between AAA and the big leagues. But what is it like, you know, as a young pitcher walking into the dugout and seeing Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, David Price, Julio Urias, you know, guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame, guys that have won Cy Youngs, guys that are getting Cy Young votes every year. Not every team, you know, has the luxury of having some of the best talent in the game. So as a young guy, just what's that experience like? And were they able to, you know, give you any guidance, teach you anything that maybe you didn't know about yourself as a pitcher uh, up until that point when you made your debut? No, it was a, it's a great experience. Um, you walk in that clubhouse and there's big time names, um, MVP, Cy Young Awards, like you said. Um, so just being able to be a part of that and be on that team is very special and very humbling. And so just trying to pick their brains, but not also be the annoying rookie. Um, so picking my time and place where you go up and talk to them and ask them questions, but also the guys are super cool and super genuine where they came up to me and would try to give me some advice. Cause they're like, Hey, a few years ago, like we were in your shoes. Like we were the guy that came up and got sent down. We were the guy that, um, was a rookie at, we were a rookie at one time. So we know what you're going through. Like, let's give you some advice or like people did this to us before. So like, we want to pass it on to you. So it was, it was a great experience to have the support from those guys. And what's it like working with Mark Pryor? He's great. Um, he's smart and he pitched in the big leagues. 
it's, and he's really good. So just having that experience and where he can bounce ideas off of you and say, hey, like, why'd you do this? I would have done this. Um, and then just having his support and him wanting me to be the best I possibly can be, um, it, it's, it's, ha- it's awesome having that in your corner. So I know you're in Arizona now, but you know pitchers and catchers don't report. I think for three weeks, so you probably haven't had a chance to have those conversations. But whenever the conversation does come about of what's expected out of you for 2023, what are you kind of looking forward to this season? Because obviously, you know you came through the big, you know, the minor league system as a starting pitcher. You know, you were ranked as one of the top starting guys. But the Dodgers have a plethora of arms where you might have to log some innings out of the bullpen. I'm sure with injuries, you'll be making some starts. So how, how difficult is that on you to kind of navigate, you know, your starter routine? And then all of a sudden one day you might need to come in in the third inning and give the team two innings as opposed to, you know, five or six. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers do a good job of like testing us um, out of the bullpen um, through the minor leagues, like coming out as like with an opener or something like that, just to have that experience. So you don't go to the big leagues and your first time ever coming out of the bullpen is in the big leagues. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based channel championship team another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So I've done it a handful of times, um, so that that has helped. And, you know, whenever your name's called, whenever my name's called, whenever it's a start out of the bullpen, doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm going to give everything I got. So whatever I can do to help help the team win ball games, because that's the end goal, is just win games and winning championships. So if it's making a start here and there and then throwing out of the bullpen, awesome. If it's only starting, awesome. If it's only bullpen, awesome. Whatever it is, however I can help the team, that's what I'm going to give my effort towards. So now going into this next season, um, wh- what's something that you kind of want to accomplish for this upcoming year? What are you looking to improve on? Um, I've done a lot of work this offseason on just getting my body into better positions to access the zone more. Um, I had some success when I was throwing strikes and then when I wasn't, obviously things didn't go so well for me. So just being able to do that more and more consistently with not just only my fastball, but change up and slider as well. So just kind of fine tuning things and just minor tweaks here and there, nothing overhaul change wise, just fine tuning the minor details that are going to ultimately affect me in a big way. 
So I was able to find this clip, Ryan. I don't know if you'll be able to on your phone. You might have to like get a little close if the clip's able to play. But this happened against your start, I believe it was against the Marlins. And I think you were at a career high in pitches. I think you were above 90 pitches. And th this thing happened. I don't know if you go back and you watch the games at all, but I posted this and it kind of blew up on Twitter because a lot of people were in love with what happened. So again, you, you might remember this, you might not. But I'm going to show a clip, and it's of Dave Roberts essentially. Again, you're lugging, it's at 90 pitches. But essentially, instead of pulling you out, he opted to let you finish the inning. You end up getting out of it. So I'm just going to try to show the clip again. If you're able to see it, great. But I kind of want to show this to you. Again, maybe if this is the first time you're seeing the broadcast of it, then kind of just take us through what was going on in the moment and then what Dave talked to you about when he pulled you from this game. He's on his hips. Is he going to let him go? All right, he's decided. Right right Step down, let's watch. With a bark out there at him, go get him. Yep. I don't know if I've ever seen him do that. He was, he was in between, and he's like, you know what, let's let this kid grow. But I mean like the, yeah. the yell oh, to yeah. the pitcher. Show me something. Exactly. Maybe he got a glance from Ryan, and he's like, no, I'm not coming. Let's go. Didn't happen by accident, folks. Strikeout for Pepio. Good pep talk, Dave. Uh-huh. Good confidence, young man. Show some confidence. Here we go. Don't glance over here. I'm with you. Right-handed hitter. Top left side, charging Muncy. Finishing off six innings for Ryan Pepio. And Dave Roberts loves it. He said, show me something, and Pepio did. All right, so I guess first thing, were you able to uh, see and hear the clip uh, just fine? Yep. yep. Okay, so the reason I think it, it did so well is because, you know, obviously we've been, you know, watching Dodgers games for many, many years. Dave Roberts is highly regarded as one of the best player managers in all the game, but he doesn't show a whole lot of emotion too much. And the fact that he was kind of saying like, let's go, let's finish this. So I guess for you, you know, as a rookie, giving him, giving you the confidence to let you finish that inning, obviously you got out of it. What did that mean for you, you know, in that moment? Because again, I can't remember how, how deep this was, but it was still fairly early in your career. So what, what did this mean to you coming from uh, Dave Roberts? No, that was a special moment. Uh, it was my birthday too. So thank you for the birthday <laughs> present to finish that one off. Um, but no, it was, it was special. So just going out there, like I know normally most of the times I get like 75 to 90 pitches and I knew like I was getting close to it and I knew like, all right, this is a six inning. If anybody gets on, like maybe they might take me out to try to preserve the lead or anything like that. But just, um, I actually didn't see him do anything. Like I kind of just zoned everything out. So like, like I said earlier, like I zoned it all out and like, I didn't see him like fist bump or do anything. I did see the video clip afterwards. Um, and thought it was super cool because I had a bunch of my friends send it to me and they're like, dude, they, this is awesome. Like he did this for you. And then like after seeing it and like, I know like after I got in the dugout, he's like, I wanted you to finish this. You deserved it. Like um, you got this. And that just confidence boost right there, just having the full on support from your manager. Um, and Doc's a great guy. Like he wants the best for everybody. I mean, he played um, a long career and was really good and he wants the same thing for every single person that goes out there and puts the uniform on. So just to have that support really meant a lot to me. You know, it's again, it's something that you don't see from Dave, you know, too often where he's really, you know, getting into it, but something like that. And again, it was a huge moment. And the fact that you proved him that he made the right decision, you know, getting out of that inning. So uh, I, I just thought it was a cool clip. And again, I, I don't know 
how often you guys are able to see like TV broadcasts because I'm sure there's a lot that's shown. Like you said, you didn't see him like in the dugout nodding his head, you know, giving the fist bump, saying "Let's go." So just uh, just wanted to throw that by you because again, I, I thought it was a cool clip. I remember when it happened, it took off because everyone was like, "This is awesome!" Because this is something we want to see more of. You know, giving a, a young rookie, giving him a leash to you know finish the inning, give you some more experience, and I'm sure for you especially. That built a ton of confidence, not just for the rest of your season last year, but for 2023, you now know, listen, I can throw nearly 100 pitches. I can go six innings. I can do it. Yep, absolutely. No, it's definitely a confidence booster going into this year as well. And just having that support really um, kind of gets gets me going, getting ready, getting ready for this year. Yeah, so, you know, we, we saw in that clip that uh, I know this is a question that Blake was eager to ask. So I, we saw in the clip, you've got the stirrups. Um, you, I feel like you don't see that as often as as you used to. So so how did those get started for you? And and, and how long are we going to keep seeing them? Uh, I'm going to keep them going. I like them. I like the look. I like the feel of it. So I'm going to keep them as long as, uh, as, long as I can. Um, I did it in high school, like summer ball. Um, and then college, I wasn't allowed to. But once I got into pro ball, I started doing it. Um, but the first thing I did when... I was getting ready to like throw my first game in the big leagues. Like I did go ask like Walker Bueller and, and Kershaw. And I was like, Hey, like I do this, is this okay? Cause like, I don't want to like break any of the rules or anything or like uh, piss anybody off. So I asked and they're like, yeah, if you do this prior to this, absolutely keep it going. Like you do you, but it's like, this is just what you want to do because you're in the big leagues now. Absolutely not. Um, so luckily since I've been doing it for a while, um, they were cool with it. And then I got the support and I, I like the look, so it's going to keep going. Yeah, I like it too, Josh. I don't know about I you. We need some. Uh, we need some more old-fashioned looks. So yeah. we're glad that you're able to rock it. So I got a one final one for me. It's kind of a two-parter. Uh, so my first one is, you know, obviously the National League. They've gone away with the designated hitter. So unfortunately, barring the Dodgers being in the 19th inning and uh, every bench option being completely wasted. Uh, looks like you're not going to be seeing a bat anytime soon. So my first question, Ryan, is what are your thoughts on not having a, a chance to hit now in the majors? And uh, two, how long do you think it would take for you to get your first big league hit if uh, pitchers are still able to hit in the National League? Um, I'm happy I don't have to face the guys. I'm happy I'm going to take my 250, 250 minor league career average to the grave with me. <laughs> uh, so I'm happy I don't have to face the guys. Would I like to have to face a pitcher? Yeah, because he's uh, one less big power lineup guy. Um, but it's part of the game. So uh, I'm going to go generously, probably taking like 20 at-bats to get a hit. Um, I like to think of myself like a good, decent hitter. Like I hit pretty good in high school and was going to hit a little bit in college. But I don't know, 20 maybe? If it's a doomsday scenario and we are like in the 17th or 18th inning somehow – are you going to go to Dave and say, listen, Dave, if you do need someone, like, I can lay a bunt down if needed. I can get the guy over to third. Are you are you willing to uh, chip in if needed? Or it, has it been Absolutely. too long I'll where now it's... Whatever I have to do <laughs> bad. Like, I'm going to try to. A competitor, you want to you get the bat in your hands. Um, land on a bunt, I mean, that's a little scary. Um, <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Like, we had to practice it all the time. I'm like, I stink at this. So, like, when I got my first right. job in AAA, I was like, Thank goodness I do not have to lay a blunt down because that would have been a nightmare. Um, but, I mean, I'm a pitcher. Nobody's expecting anything. I'm just going to try to go deep and go deep. Like, awesome. If not, right. like, who cares because what was the pitcher supposed to do? Spring training of 2020 before everything got shut down, um, I was at Camelback to do a story on Josiah Gray. And um, they 
obviously they were doing the the bunting drills with the pitchers and there's like the backstop that's off in the corner, not even on one of the fields. And they're doing the, mm-hmm. the bunting drills with all of the pitchers. Um, now that that is not a thing, now that there's the universal DH and in the national league, is that something that you guys will still do ever? Maybe not as much no, or you're not, not working on it at spring uh, training. I, I haven't done it at all. So no, I'm glad I don't like bunting. But I mean, I wouldn't mind going in the cage and you know taking a few hacks. But no, we have we don't do any of that anymore. Interesting. It's a, it's a dying art, Josh. It's a yeah. we'll we'll be telling our kids. <laughs> Ryan will tell his kid to listen. Back in my day, when I was coming up, uh, they actually taught pitchers how to bunt. It wasn't just something you tried to do on a whim. It was a uh, something that actually was once a thing. But uh, Ryan. Uh, we appreciate you making time for this interview. I guess you could say, Josh, interviews, because apparently uh, getting an interview with Ryan Pepio in, uh, if you don't have the most perfect Wi-Fi out there, is a near impossible task. All three of us had issues all the way around. So, Ryan, thanks for making the time to make this thing eventually come together. It's like a little science project that Josh and I are doing now where we're just going to you know, take bits and pieces and lump it together. So you're the man for making this happen. So thank you for that. And nothing but luck for your 2023 season, whether it's you know in AAA, whether it's in Los Angeles with the big league club. We're, we're sure you'll be making some sort of impact at some point. And best of luck to you for uh, what's going to be a good year. No, nah, thanks, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry about the technical difficulties, but oh, we got it done. <laughs> thanks, Ryan.